Attack on Titan episode 82. <laughs> Attack on Titan keeps on getting better and better. In short, just think of Attack on Titan like a staircase. Each episode you watch, you keep on climbing up. That is how good it gets. <laughs> and on today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about episode 82 of Attack on Titan. And we begin the episode with the rumbling <laughs> the beginning of the episode you can just hear the rumbling noise the vibrations you can feel it especially if you are watching it using maybe headsets you hear the noise you hear it. you hear the vibrations too and maybe if you have like a good speaker then you can feel the vibration from your boombox you feel it vibrating the rumbling so um, we begin the episode with the rumbling and we have this scene of each trying to help people get out of the rubble which I guess makes sense because the walls are surrounding people, people who live in the trust district and while the walls collapsed they will fall into people's houses and people did get affected so I'm sure this happened for even for world scene too, I'm guessing that's the same thing that's happening here. But we still haven't seen anything that's going on in world scene. And I don't know, I think it's been a while since we've even seen world scene. I think the last time we saw anything relating to world scene was maybe season three. That's the that political arc. And when Premier Zakiri died, the suicide bombing thing, I don't know if you guys can remember that episode. I think that was in World Cena too. So, um, coming back to the main episode here, we move further to CH, trying to contain the whole situation, trying to help people, and trying to, you know, just play her role as a soldier. So, from there, we move on to see um, other people discussing about the whole situation that was happening. Some people were blaming Erin Yeager, some people were supporting him. And you know, when there's like, um, civil unrest like this it doesn't matter if erin is trying to secure peace for you as far as you still have resistance and you still have people that are on opposing sides you know there's still some kind of war going on so while they are discussing here somebody just mentioned that the sacrifice you know your son died but it's for the eldian empire if you think of your son as a hero which some people have that kind of idea of looking at things. They started chanting Shinzo Sasage, you'll give your heart. And you know, it was their cue to leave there so that they won't take any part in any of the unrest that was happening. So Hitch left there and tried to get Riot Gear. And she moved on to the best girl review <laughs> Annie. Annie is back. Annie is back, the long-awaited, for how long have we been waiting? How many years now? For how many years now have we been waiting for Annie to come back? And Annie is finally back. And man, immediately I saw Annie, like I was just going crazy. <laughs> Even though I can't really remember this scene, because I think I read this chapter. Like I know I've been saying the past two to three episodes that this is the last episode that I read the manga. But I think now, no cap, that this is the last episode because I can kind of remember this scene. Like I can remember when Annie woke up 
when the ice shell or whatever that was broke open like i remember that scene but you know like some of these scenes are like fresh and new scenes to me so when i saw annie here like man i was hyped i even forgot that she still looks younger and smaller because obviously you can see hitch has grown a lot older physically than annie so that's why she was able to toss annie around and annie with the smart move she had already cut her hand and it was just like what erin did in um the internment zone <laughs> it's just like he went with his grenade ready so annie gave her a choice either you rat me out and i transform into a titan or keep quiet and cooperate with me and it was so cool to see Annie still rocking that NP uniform like I loved her own uniform because it had the hoodie behind it and her own just looks kind of cool it fits her like it's it's freaking Annie so <laughs> it fits her <laughs> and by the way for those of you who must have forgotten or maybe those of you who haven't seen the OVA you know the lost girls OVA there's this particular episode they dedicated to Annie Hitch was Annie's roommate and um, I don't know if they also mentioned it in the main anime I think in season 3 maybe they must have mentioned it too so um, for those maybe if you've forgotten Hitch was her roommate that's Annie's roommate so it was nice to see them having a one-on-one moment and to see how much Hitch has grown like bigger and just to see the difference between Annie and Hitch in that scene by the way i don't think annie would have been able to transform but <laughs> i wouldn't be ahead <laughs> i wouldn't be ahead <laughs> annie is just too good even without transforming into a titan like she even had a moment with kenny that's if you've watched the um lost girls ova like annie is just that good so we resume the episode and we see them riding their horses <laughs> it's funny to see them having the horse symbol behind the military uniform and seeing horses like there's this scene i'm looking at it here and i was like the shape of the horse is actually the shape of the real horse doing the stable so it was during this um horse stable scene that we get the reveal that annie was actually conscious the whole time so while annie was i said annie <laughs> while armin was coming in while um, H2 was there, all the conversations we were having, Annie has been listening. She has been hearing it like a distant dream. And she's kind of up to speed to what is currently happening. And she asked if Erin Yeager was truly serious. And, you know, the whole thing. So, I'm guessing when she saw the dream, or maybe she broke open, then, yeah, I'm th- that's what happened. Like, the walls fell first before he had his um, live conference. So I'm guessing when the whole had me broke open, then she had Erin's whole plan. And that's how she caught up with everything that's happening. Also, the way she explained it seemed as if she didn't freeze herself on purpose. Because she was saying for four years I was watching everything like I was in a distant dream. Then all of a sudden I was thrown back to this world. You understand? Like it wasn't as if it was under her control. So but what do you think of that like um, i'm kind of curious maybe they'll explain it in future episodes but from there you see them taking their horse ride and annie sees the whole rumbling being activated everything happening live and 
just made her realize the whole the gravity of the whole situation that was happening so um you know like hitch mentioned that for the most part she has just been cleaning up after erin and annie the whole destruction you know they had their whole fight in um season one i forgotten where they had the fight was it in Walsina? well i know they had a fight or was it yeah i think it's in Walsina. so yeah that has just been hitch's job throughout this whole time helping people from debris of titan fights <laughs> so um by the way there's this scene of one man this old guy with this lady holding each other as annie and hitch were riding on the horseback the old guy there looked a lot like commander pixies <laughs> like when i saw him i was like is that pixies <laughs> or maybe pixies had a brother that just lived a normal life and had nothing to do with the whole military and titan war so while riding on the horseback hitch shows annie the whole destruction that has been happening the feet of the colossal titan all the people that have lost their lives and she was trying to guilt trip her because that's what i just see it as like trying to see if she felt any remorse for her action and you know annie and the remaining warriors they came from a different society where they are taught different things and their whole idea of what was right was different from what the people of the world thought was right so it's just different perspective and different ways they saw things happening so from there annie explains her own we get to see annie's backstory and i really enjoyed annie's backstory like it was one of the main highlights of this entire episode i really loved the way everything was explained Annie was abandoned by her real parents and her, her dad, that's her current dad, kicked her at an internment zone and he trained her, he's a foreigner with Eldian blood, so he trained her in martial arts and sorry I'm kind of confused this whole Eldian with like foreigner with Eldian blood, like how does it work, are you half Eldian, half foreigner or are you just from a different place? Or like from a dif completely different hometown but you are Eldian like is that possible maybe I don't know <laughs> but um, we get Annie's backstory so he was from a place that they were really good at martial arts that's where Annie picked up her skills from that's why she's really good at kicking and punching <laughs> so he trained her and he taught her well because obviously we've seen Annie in action now we know the man is no joke <laughs> so after training her Annie repaid him the debt by breaking his leg I think we saw a scene of this during the OVA that's for the lost girls OVA um, we saw a scene too from there where Annie was like filled with rage and she just went kicking 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 or was it in Attack on Titan was it in the maids I don't know I don't know just go and check it out just gonna look for Lost Girls OVA. I, I want you to watch Lost Girls OVA if you haven't. Just because of Annie. For Annie's sake, go and watch it. So after Annie gets selected to become a warrior, you know at this point he's older and he has grown fond of Annie and he sees Annie as his own daughter. You know the older parents get, the more emotional and more attached they become. <laughs> so at this point, the feels were there. 
and Annie never really because since she's willing to go back to him that's she never really hated him in short she's grateful she's proud to have been taught by him and one of the best lines from this entire episode that i liked was let me i think let me go to that scene it was when after annie kicked him when he's not able to walk properly you know what he said he didn't complain but what he said is now you can kill even without a weapon oh my god <laughs> being able to kill even without a weapon like that is one skill like there are so many anti-heroes so many heroes so many villains too that apparently maybe they had a rough childhood and they had some kind of severe training but at the end of the day they are really good at what they do like those kind of people i'll say at least you should be grateful they are they are, they are this skilled <laughs> so i think it's kind of the same thing too i see with annie and i really want to see her next meeting with erin <laughs> so we see the scene of that emotional promise they made between themselves that's annie's dad and annie and annie actually cried that's to show you that she really cared for him and she even called him father so man annie wants to just go and see her dad she doesn't care about this whole nonsense happening she even made mention of it in the episode like she doesn't see life with any meaning like since back then she always felt indifferent about the whole situation but when it came to her dad annie had just this special connection with him that she really wants to go back and be with her family so she made mention of it that she has someone special to her and she's sure that other people to also have someone special to them that's each of them so um the way i see this going is they might end up teaming and working together i'm also sure that the remaining malians that's um peak captain magat president general magat and Raina will really be happy to see annie because if annie should recover her strength annie could really be a strong opponent for Erin but I don't know how it will work with I don't even know how it will work personally he has the founding titan so I don't know how they'll be able to fight him maybe the female titan has some kind of special power that we'll get to see but who knows so coming back to the episode Annie says even if she will have to do it again she's willing to <laughs> so <laughs> she doesn't regret her actions which kind of reminds me of um, that last scene of Butaro when he died before he walked into hell that's now I'm talking of Demon Slayer he said even if you were to be reborn into this world you will become a demon over and over again <laughs> it's just similar to what Annie said in this episode and it's just a nice contrast they stand behind their actions like they don't give a fuck about any other person so <laughs> After we see this scene, then we are shown the interment zone where the Eldians had this weird dream and they are trying to explain to the Malian guards that this is the whole situation that is happening. Erenyega is coming with these colossal titans to come and step on the whole of us, destroy everything that we've worked for and you know we just have to run and escape. And the soldiers were not feeling it, they thought this was some kind of conspiracy and it's just sad to see Annie's dad. And honorary Malian I think that's what he is an honorary Malian I hope I'm pronouncing it well honorary 
so he's a good Malian with a red armband and he wasn't treated special at all like the guard kicked him and when he was down on his knees he was just trying to you know they, they even asked for them to be arrested can you imagine like are all these fools just going to come out and lie to you openly like with the whole thing that the Eldians have gone through the way they've tried to keep themselves in the zone the way they even have their armbands on like uh, do these people look like people that will just come out and start saying nonsense but the guards had to do what they could do best or what they thought was best and they rounded up everybody and Anis dad was just I've forgotten his name Anis dad was just not feeling it he remembered his promise to Annie and out of rage he did I don't know what he wanted to do like I don't know I don't know why I don't know what reckless action he wanted to do but I think that cost him his life although we didn't see him on screen get shot but I'm sure that's what they implied so from there we move further to see um, Kit Shades that's the officer that trains the cadets the one that goes as handed to him by his cadets we see him with some some of his cadets that's the ones that train under him the ones that still look up to him people who still hold up the old military traditions we were there with him and we were telling him of the whole resistance that was happening and he just told them plain facts and simple truth like look i can't be going inside the bushes to go and hide and be playing katikati and be trying to play politics and all those kind of things just go along with the Yegarist, they've already won and maybe a time will come that you will rise up and when that time comes be sure to rise up and take action you know which i felt that was the sensible thing to do because where do you want to go and start hiding now there are titans everywhere colossal titans for that matter um the whole craziness is still happening like walls are falling roads are blocked um i'm sure animals are running helter skelter um, the, the island is in chaos like you can't start living in the trenches or start trying to hide yourself in that kind of time so you just have to be where people are and go through this whole thing together with them and in all honesty i know the writer isayama is kind of good at foreshadowing things so i see these three characters as the future of the island maybe now they might go along with Kisaji's um, advice and not actually do anything but in the future they might actually rise up and be the commanders of the island now the commander of the island is flock like <laughs> flock <laughs> of all people flock is the one that's commanding the island and he's really ruthless <laughs> But before we get to Flock, we see the scene of Amen and Mikasa, which is also one of my favorite scenes. Um, we see Mikasa trying to understand Amen's reasoning. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you going to run after Connie and ask him not to feed Falco to his mom? <laughs> you understand? Like, I feel at this point, Amen will even be the last person or the least convincing person to convince Connie not to feed um, Falco to his mom so I don't know how this is all going to go down because Amin seems to be really determined to stop um, Connie from feeding Falco to his mom and 
He says this because he sees that an alliance with the Cat Titan and the Amor Titan will benefit them, and he's trying to prevent a war between them. But I don't even see how I, I don't really understand how the war will happen. because if a war should happen with the Cat Titan and the Amor Titan, then it's going to be really chaotic because at this point they don't have any defense, no walls, and Eren Yeager. Although Armin is still the colossal, colossal titan, and I don't know about Eren Yeager. Eren Yeager is a rogue person on his own. Maybe he might just go and retire somewhere and die. But <laughs> for the island, and Armin still has some years of his belt. So <laughs> I'm sure he's really in the tough position to figure out a solution to this whole thing. And then I really felt for Mikasa this episode because she was just she didn't really know what to do at this point like Armin was going his way Eren was out there doing his thing the whole island was in chaos and at this point she had to think for herself and she just asked Armin like what should I do <laughs> you understand <laughs> Armin was like go and help Jan maybe just think of something that you can do and she still also asked like Eren what of Eren and the way Armin reacted was just perfect like if i were in the same position i think that's what i would have done because erin should be the least of our problems now like there are so many things out there that actually happening you can't even get to erin like his titan is literally bigger than even the millions of colossal titans how are you going to get to erin with all the noise the rumbling like what kind of convincing do you want Armin to turn to the colossal titan and join the walk like how will he even be able to get close to Eren with all the millions of colossal titans also surrounding him or is he going to just toss them out the way and say make way for me I want to see Eren <laughs> I don't think it will happen that way but I really love that scene and I love the way Armin explained the whole situation like it was complete chaos the way Armin explained it just really break down how chaotic the whole situation was the volunteers were in danger, um, Historia is in danger, Annie must have escaped by now, um, <laughs> Connie is trying to feed Falco to um, his mom, and Erin was just something that Armin was willing to deal with at the moment. So <laughs> I'm sure, and he said something to that really struck with me. He said, I shouldn't have been the one brought back. Erwin should have been the one brought back. So, Erwin, that's the past commander of the scouts. It must have, like, how will you even forget who Erwin was? But, like, if you remember Erwin, Erwin was a really great commander. And Armin is just finding it really hard to fill in that position, that vacuum that Erwin left. He had to do what he could do at the moment, and he just left. So, um, Misa Mikasa checked for her scarf and she couldn't find it and i'm sure from now on mikasa you're on your own you just have to um, i i really want to see how mikasa's journey ends like is she really like did what erin say like was it true the whole thing of um the mikasa blood and them wanting to protect like a host that's like more related to the royal blood so I really want to see how that journey ends. So moving on, we move on to this scene of flock, and we see somebody like 
I think that's one of the volunteers who already shot his arm. I could see blood coming out and it just looked painful. I'm trying to remember this guy's face. Like I feel as if I don't know anyone who like if he's a character that stood out, let me know. That's the guy that Flock shot multiple times. So um Flock was just trying to get the volunteers in line and he even gave them like he made a proposal to them. He said, look, your island, your homes and everything is rigs and lefts and everything you are like you hope to go back to after achieving what you came for on this island is going to be gone. So you have two choices now. Either you fall in line with me or you get clapped like this guy here. So <laughs> the choice is yours. And he gave them some time to go and think about it <laughs> before he get their response. And Jean was just in shock the whole time. Like everybody in this show, as at this point, is already mentally broken. Jean, Connie, Mikasa, Armin, Erwin, everybody, Kitch. Like even to the least person, even someone born into this world today. Like if if you are born into this world on the day of the rumbling, <laughs> just can't even imagine. Which guys were served with that? <laughs> so, um, Flock is trying to get Jan with the others on his side, and he's explaining to them how Aaron's plan is going to bring freedom, and how if they cooperate with him, they'll be seen as heroes. Or I think he said they are already seen as heroes, so it would be nice if they work with him or something of that nature. So. I'm I'm sure for now he still looks up to them because obviously they all survived in the battle to retake Walmaria. So he views them as comrades and he wants them to work together to support Erin Yeager. <laughs> so um after this scene we see them like uh, we see Elena in the background too being taken away but he asked them to be locked up so obviously they are going to be locked in jail. So uh, I'm sure maybe we'll hear from them in later episodes that's those who join and those who will <laughs> I, the way it seems like there's this look Oyakofon had I feel maybe Oyakofon will join Flock <laughs> or he will just try to join the ranks too as um, Kit Shadis was suggesting so that whole thing is happening and you can see the rumbling happening in the background you can still see the colossal titans marching I, I love the way they still focus on them even though like something else is happening in the mainframe but you can still see the colossal the endless titans just marching forward <laughs> so after that you get to see Connie saving this little boy and he's taking him on a horse ride down is it up north or is it down south <laughs> okay um Falco was saying he, was, he wanted to go south but Connie was taking him north so Connie said he was trying to help him. He, Falco had memory loss, so he doesn't know what is happening. He doesn't know his his sheep being taken to the slaughter, just like how Abraham took his son. <laughs> you know that innocent, innocent. I think that's the perfect way to look at it. Like when Abraham took his son to be the sacrificial lamb, and something happened. <laughs> so I'm uh, um, I'm guessing maybe that's what we are going to see from this whole scene too something similar and um as we all know uh, 
Amin is coming after them too. So I want to see their interaction. And for one of the best scenes too of this entire episode, we get to see Peak and General Magad. By the way, I love these two characters a lot. Like it would be sad for me to see them die. That's Peak and Magad. They observe the airships as the airships turn about and retreat and you know the airships must have seen the rumbling and they are headed back to gun one the rest so while they are having this discussion hanji just pulls up and is like hello <laughs> and peak without hesitation high titan goes for the kill and i love the way peak can be outside the titan and still control the cards titan and general magat is also <laughs> he has a nice grip being able to hang on to that titan like that so yeah i want to see how next episode is going to be their whole interaction is levi asleep i'm sure like the original squad now they are all out of commission that's except for armin and maybe mikasa but i'm i still want to see how the interaction is going to be next episode um is annie going to meet up with them i think so i think i saw something like that sure but maybe annie will meet up with them then we will see i don't know is levi awake is levi going to speak uh, what can levi do at this point like just give him a peaceful death please <laughs> and um yeah there's just a lot that's happening and a lot that we have to learn about i don't know how many episodes are left but man attack on titan please give me a good and satisfying ending now, i'm sure maybe the fan base that's those who have read the manga till the end already know how it ended and i've been seeing some little little spoilers here and there but the spoilers aren't strong enough to actually spoil me on a major detail on the show so um i'm sure piece by piece gradually we are going to get there and since i'm not hearing people raging about it in the community maybe after the manga ends or maybe after the, um, the anime ends that's when we'll get to know if it has a good or bad ending but since so far we haven't heard any major rage or people saying something like attack on titan is trash or not i'm guessing we have a balanced ending for this show so i'm really looking forward to that so now we have um general magat we have Hanji with Levi. So let's see what happens from here. And um, I'm really looking forward to the next episode. I think that will be that for episode 82 Sunset. That's the title of the episode. So I'm looking forward to next, week ep next week's episode. Don't forget to leave a comment on your favorite scenes from the episode. Don't forget to also share the podcast with those who you know will enjoy listening to the podcast. Until the next podcast episode, see you guys later. Bye-bye.